Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program and Happy New Year. It's 2013. What does that mean for you as a real estate investor? Today, we'll look at some of the perspectives, predictions, and precautions for this year in real estate. Right here on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Looking for solid cash flow in a market where the jobs are likely to stay put? Hi, this is Robert Helms. Join me April 26th through 28th for the Real Estate Guys investor field trip to Memphis, Tennessee. I'm excited to show you this affordable real estate market where cash flow is the name of the game. You'll meet active developers, rehabbers, property managers, plus folks from the Chamber of Commerce and many surprise guest speakers. Find out how the four R's of Memphis will virtually ensure a steady supply of qualified tenants. For all the details, visit realestateguysradio.com and click on events. Join me in Memphis for an amazing cash flow weekend. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click events. You already know that Dallas-Fort Worth is one of the strongest real estate markets in the country. Now all you need is a great source for turnkey properties. Great news! Wilson Investment Properties has been providing fully renovated, rented, positive cash flow properties to real estate investors for over 10 years. Founder Tom Wilson is an avid investor himself. With over 200 units of his own, you know he understands what investors need. Contact Tom and his team at 888-510-6838, extension 123, or send an email to wilson at realestateguysradio.com. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program, now entering our 16th broadcast year. Thanks for tuning into the show. I'm your host, Robert Helms. First of all and foremost, a big happy new year to you. 2013 has landed safely. It's a clean slate and uh, we're already off and running. Lots of great stuff to look forward to in 2013. Hopefully you had a festive holiday season and are looking forward to a productive year. Lots to think about when it comes to real estate as this market continues to shift and move around. And we're going to cover that today as is often the case the first of the year. I'm also doing something that I haven't done but one other time in 16 years and that is hosting the show by myself. No guests, no co-host, nobody today. Russ Gray is on assignment. The Godfather is out godfathering, and I'm here pursuing enlightenment about what the folks in the real estate and housing industry are saying about this new year, where we expect the market to go. Now, it's been our history to always look forward and at the same time look back, check last year's predictions and see where next year's predictions are and, and so forth. And we've been doing that live as part of our monthly mentoring clubs for many, many years. And so the first thing to be aware of is that all you're going to hear is predictions, people's thoughts, their ideas, what trends we see and others see in the marketplace. And it's kind of murky to predict the future. Predicting the past is pretty simple, but the future is, is unclear. And so it's fun to look back and see what people thought would happen. And very few folks get it 100% correct. And that's one of the big lessons. There is no go-to sage, all-knowing guru that knows exactly where every nuance of the real estate market is going to go. And so what you need to do as a real estate investor is practice listening to people that have earned earned the right to have an opinion. Who do you know in your world that tends to call it right? Who do you know that's been successful in real estate investing or development or brokerage or any of the areas that have earned a right to have an opinion about where the market may be headed? And then you have to ask why that is. What do you see? Now, one of the great things about the real estate market is it's possible and, and some would say easy to spot the trends. And part of that is because the real estate market moves slowly, a lot slower than, say, the, the stock market.
market or the Forex market, the real estate market doesn't have the liquidity or speed of other markets and that can be a very good thing. We can watch out at the horizon and see what's coming and react to it. And I think that's one of the great things. So let's start with just some of the big picture trends for 2013. First of all, I think the, the premise that we need to all understand is that the real estate market is not discretionary. What I mean by that is you don't have the option to sit out your use of real estate. The stock market is 100% discretionary. There is nobody who is forced to invest in the stock market. However, as human beings, we must interact with real estate and we must pay for our housing or somebody must pay for our housing. You either rent or live somewhere and that contributes to the real estate market in your area. And so that makes the market a little different than many markets. Now, where are we from a global position? Well, it is a big world out there and all real estate is local. So any meaningful expression of where the market sits today has to be tempered by what markets you're investing in and what your local markets look like. Depending on your personal investment philosophy, you may only invest close to home or you may decide you want to invest anywhere in the world and there's not a right or a wrong. It all has to do with who you are as an investor. I will caution you that to look at too many markets is time consuming and often produces diminishing returns. It's my belief that you can only realistically have your arms around four or five real estate markets. Beyond that, it gets really difficult to know what's happening on the street level. So we'll talk some big picture trends and then we'll get down to some predictions people are making about specific markets and then your mission will be to go figure out where the markets you're interested in or investing in currently are going and where some future potential markets are. Before we're done today, we'll talk about what some of the experts are calling the healthiest and best emerging markets in the U.S. and around the world and that'll give you an insight at least to think about some other marketplaces if you're not invested there. If you're brand new to real estate investing, well then take it all in and see what resonates with you. So some more big picture things. Obviously the foreclosures in the marketplace have had a devastating effect on real estate markets in the world. And certainly in the United States we've seen that and some markets have been super hard hit. We are starting across the board to see fewer foreclosures. So that's a big trend. We're also seeing sales and prices inching up in many markets. According to a report that came out last week from the National Association of Home Builders, 76 out of 201 metros, metropolitan statistical areas, are considered what they call improving. So those are markets that are improving. That's pretty good information. Now, we also have to look to where the puck is going, and that means new permits and housing starts. New permits, surprisingly, or maybe not, are up in more than 80% of U.S. markets. The National Association of Home Builders has just put out information on January 3rd about more than 350 markets and only 57 of those 350 plus markets are experiencing a decline in housing permits year over year, which means that more than 80% of markets in the U.S., and those are the major markets, are experiencing an increase in new permits. Now, does every new permit mean that a new housing unit gets built? No, not necessarily, but it is a great indicator. And it's the first time we've seen that in a long while. Now, it's not surprising. You know, the big picture concept we have is that there is an eminent housing shortage. And when I mean eminent, I don't mean 2013, but there are more and more people coming in many, many areas of the U.S. and the world, and there's not enough housing stock built. 
and we haven't contributed new housing stock in the last few years, and so we are headed towards a void of new housing stock, and we're going to need to replace it, apartments, houses, and so forth. Now, there certainly are new starts in apartments as well, and the permits we're talking about are both single-family and multifamily residential. We're not talking about commercial, industrial, any of that. This is all residential permits, and you can imagine the National Association of Home Builders would be focused on that information. Now, obviously, we can't go through every market and whether or not it is an increase or decrease in building permits. But if we look across the U.S., there is an increase across the board of 24% in building permits from November of 2011 to November 2012, the last month for which there are records. In the Northeast, the increase in building permits is 13% over that same 12-month period. In the Midwest, 25%. In the South, 22%. And in the West, 35%. Now, looking a little deep in the West, just to pick one, the mountain region up 45% in building permits, the Pacific region up only 25%. So again, an indication that all real estate is local. Now, speaking of that, when a builder builds a home, they're either building for an owner-occupant or a tenant. So let's talk about those two things. There are more renters than there have been in many, many years because people have lost their homes, because people's credit is not as good, because many don't have jobs. We're seeing more people rent than ever before. And as we've talked about on lots of shows and heard from many of our guests, landlords are often having to adjust their rental criteria in order to deal with the reality of the new paradigm, low credit scores and foreclosures and those things showing up on on people's records. But the fact of the matter is more people today, across the U.S. at least, are renting than buying. Now, that is changing to some degree. At the start of the year, Pulte Group did a survey of renters and found that 6 out of 10 renters polled plan to become owners in the next two years. That's a huge number and the highest percentage in that poll in 10 years. So more renters for sure, but many people are looking to become owners. Now, again, just because someone says in a poll that they plan to be an owner in the next two years doesn't mean that one, they're financially able and two, that they actually do it. But it is an indicator. Now, there are people today, and this is another point in the curve to consider, who are making the financial decision to rent. With the uncertainty that they've experienced in the last few years, with the bargains in some markets, and with just pure running the numbers and the cost of living, there are people deciding that renting makes better sense than owning. It's also less headache. Now, for some people, it's also too much uncertainty. So it's just a trend we need to watch as real estate investors. Certainly, we like tenants. We, we hope that everyone eventually who wants to own a home can, but until they're able to, we'd like them to rent from us. Now, in 2012, the trend is vacancy rates are down for both types of single-family residences. And when I say that, I'm talking about homes, condominiums, townhouses, not multi-units, but single-family unit dwellings. We're seeing vacancy rates down for owned homes and rental homes. Now, just a quick historic perspective. Overall, historically, owned homes, people that own homes and are not holding them as rentals, those homes tend to have a vacancy factor of about 1.5% across the board. And that's simply people who are on assignment, are overseas, are traveling for part of the year, have a lock and leave, choose not to rent out their homes, and so forth. Rental homes, on the other hand, tend to hover at about an 8% vacancy. Now, that varies greatly from market to market, but that's kind of an average. So vacancy rates in 2012 were down for both owned homes and rental homes. However, both of those numbers are above the average they've been, according to Forbes. But the trend's in the right direction. 
Now, before we leave the big picture, we obviously have to talk about mortgage rates. We expect mortgage rates to remain low, although this week, Mortgage News Daily reports mortgage rates soar to multi-month highs. Well, yep, they're higher, and obviously with what happened with diverting the fiscal cliff and the Fed and all that, the rates are up a little bit. But for those of us that have been in the business a while, we're not scared of sub-4% rates. Uh, We expect that interest rates will be low and stay low most of the year, which is a great point to understand if you're a long-term real estate investor. How that applies to you depends, obviously, on your financial ability to qualify. If you have loans in place that are great loans, excellent. If you have the ability to refinance, this could be a great year to reposition your mortgages and to refinance properties. And a final big picture point is that housing affordability remains good. Since overall prices are still down from the peak, even though there has not been a lot of job growth across the board, we do have a healthy affordability index. More people can own homes today according to their income ratio than have been able to in many of the prior years. So why that's good for a healthy real estate market, as an investor, I'm not sure I want my tenants in a position of being able to afford their home, especially when we're hearing that many of the folks polled are saying, yeah, I want to own. Now, that could be a great time for you to sell on a lease option, approach them with that. As we know, many lease options don't hold. Lease options aren't legal or available in every state or every country. But what some call a rent-to-loan or let-to-own kind of purchase is a possibility. The other thing is that just because somebody can afford to buy doesn't mean they want to. The big difference between buying and renting is down payment. There are no more 0%, 2%, 3.5% down loans. With very few exceptions, almost anybody buying a home today needs 20% down. And that's a big bullet when it comes to making that decision. All things being equal, after we figure taxes and all that kind of stuff, if it's the same to rent as it is to own, and I've got to come up with a 20% down payment, I might strongly consider renting, and I think that bodes well for investors. We're talking about some of the big picture trends for 2013, where we see the real estate market and markets heading. We've got lots more when we come back on the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Hi, I'm Robert Kiyosaki, and I encourage you to listen to those wild and crazy real estate guys. They're the best. They're working for years, and they know what they're talking about. It's a new year and time for a new adventure. Imagine spending an entire week with like-minded investors, world-class educators, and real-world professionals. Join the real estate guys for the 11th Annual Investor Summit at Sea. Returning this year are Rich Dad Advisors Ken McElroy, Tom Wheelwright, and Josh and Lisa Lannon, international developer Beth Clifford, attorney Mauricio Raul, and the godfather of real estate Bob Helms. Plus, joining us for the first time, founder of Freedom Fest Mark Skousen and the incomparable Peter Schiff. Mark has recently been named one of the top 20 living economists, and Peter is one of the few people who called the mortgage meltdown in writing before it happened. It all begins March 1st in Orlando. Visit realestateguysradio.com and click the tab that says Summit to learn more. Get the details and reserve your spot today. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click Summit or call 888-GUYS-RADIO to talk with our Summit Specialist. That's 888-489-7723, 888-GUYS-RADIO. Spend a week with the Real Estate Guys and an all-star faculty on the 11th Annual Investor Summit. Why is it that in every horror movie, there's a pretty girl who goes into a creepy house and heads down into the scary basement? Nothing good ever happens in the basement. What is she thinking? I feel the same way when I continue to see Americans dump billions into 401ks, IRAs, and mutual funds, even self-directed IRAs. 
On top of that, they continue to perpetuate the massive U.S. banking system by keeping large deposits at banks and using credit cards and other loans for purchases. Don't they realize what's going to happen? More profit for them and less profit for you. Nothing good ever happens in the basement. Now there's another way. Visit our friends at Paradigm Life by going to www.beerbank.com and learn how to become your own banker today. Hi, I'm Mark Victor Hans. You're listening to The Real Estate Guys. If you want to expand your consciousness, expand your wealth, expand your future, and have more delight and excite in your future than in your past, keep listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program and happy new year to you. If you're looking to start this year right and have an awesome 2013, you have just a few days left to register for Creating Your Future, the 2013 Goals Retreat taking place in beautiful San Diego. Go to our website at realestateguysradio.com and click on events to learn all about that. We're talking about the predictions, perspectives, and some precautions for the brand new year that is upon us. As we look at the real estate markets out there, there is certainly opportunity. Uh, one of the interesting reports that comes out every year at this time is put out by the Urban Land Institute. It's called their Emerging Trends in Real Estate Report. And the one for 2013 has some really interesting things we'll talk through. Then I'll tell you how you can get a free copy of it. It's put together uh, by a whole bunch of folks and they pull over 900 individuals that are in the real estate and investment professions. So there's some real telling stuff here. In fact, kind of the subtitle this year is Recovery Anchored in Uncertainty. And the big picture is that the real estate market continues to meander along a slower than normal recovery track. Now, if you look at expected returns, there's an interesting chart here that obviously you can't see, but let me explain it to you. It shows what the expected returns are for real estate investment trusts. Now, obviously, those are public equities and private funds as well, but the real estate investment trusts are big investment funds that have a group of properties, usually by a product type or market type or value range. And many of the institutional real estate investors consider that real estate investing. Obviously, most of our listeners are individual real estate investors, but you may also invest in REITs from time to time. And what they're basically saying is the total expected returns in 2013 for real estate investment funds and investment trusts are just over 7%. Well, how's that stack up historically? Well, you might say it looks average, and looking at the chart, you can see that, but it doesn't give you much information. Overall, REITs fluctuate greatly depending on what real estate markets are doing. When we had the boom years of 04 and 05 and those years, then REITs were doing really well too, uh, generally. And when we had the devastation of 2009 and 10, well, a lot of REITs weren't performing very well. So part of it is what does the REIT invest in and what is their risk tolerance and so on. A lot of investors in these kinds of equities are interested in stable cash flows, and those are the kinds of of vehicles they use are large shopping centers, big apartments, tall office buildings, and the managers look for stable assets and assets where the rents can be adjusted up if at all possible, but but stable portfolios. They're not the other side, the value add, the what can I do to the underperforming asset. We'll talk about that hopefully before we're done. But we're seeing, according to the folks who responded to the ULI survey this year, that no one's expecting a big bounce in 2013. Instead, people are looking for safety and modest returns and looking to hold in markets that make sense and divest in markets that don't. And we'll go through the report and talk about what some of those markets are. So here's here's some of the things I glean from the report. They go through a lot of the mechanics, and it'll be worth your time if you're a student of real estate to go through this report. 
But for those of you with busy lives that can barely squeeze in 55 minutes to listen to the real estate guys once a week, let me give you some of the big picture takeaways that I had. Uh, one of the things they say is this is a good year to either buy or hold public REITs. Compared with many other investments, they see REITs as a pretty stable investment. They also suggest that investors and developers concentrate on infill locations. Most of you understand that, but under the guise of no investor left behind, an infill location is in a populated area where most of the real estate has already been developed and there might be a couple of acres here, a corner lot over there to be developed. And those are generally safer bets for developers than going way out to the edge of town and starting to build out further, especially in times like this. Now, we have seen some increases in apartment production. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. One of the things they suggest is to hold assets, not necessarily buy, but to hold assets in what they call 24-hour cities. They see great potential in the 24-hour cities, the New York, San Francisco's, Boston's, D.C.'s of the world, where a lot is going on, not only from a job perspective, but a retail perspective and a housing perspective. They also suggest industrial opportunities exist in major hub centers near ports and international airports. So those of you in the industrial real estate market are looking to get into it might be opportunity this year. Now, we talked about precautions, and here's a big one. They suggest using caution in investing in secondary and tertiary markets. 2013 is generally shaping up to be a year of stability. Get in and find solid investments that aren't pie in the sky, swing for the fences. You'll see a lot of these promoters out pitching these tertiary markets, little cities with not a lot going on. That can be dangerous. There is a reason that all the institutional real estate investors invest in big, major primary cities. There's great data available. There's always better performance in those cities. They're tighter to get into sometimes, and you often pay a premium. The compelling low prices sometimes force people into secondary and tertiary markets. Not to say that there's not opportunity there. There is. But the further you go out from Main Street, the better you need to be. The more skilled, the more knowledgeable, the more experienced, and the better team in place. And another big caution they have, apartment product is looking overdeveloped in many markets. Now, this is a recurring theme that we see. We've talked about in the last couple of years that one of the only places that investors have been able to get financing is in apartments. Acquisition of existing apartment complexes as well as construction for new apartment buildings. And that has continued and many developers have taken advantage of it. As we saw from the permit numbers, we're seeing an increase in not only permits, but in new housing starts in multifamily. And as you get around this big country like I do, I'm sure you're seeing that. New apartment projects because there's a demand for it. Well, there's a definite concern from builders as well as ULI and the respondents here that apartment products are overbuilt, so use caution. Now, there's a lot more in this report. It also has an interesting section about capital available, and equity capital for investing is at a higher percentage than debt capital for acquisitions. So there's always a balance between debt and equity. If you're an investor that likes to make loans versus purchase real estate or invest in syndicated real estate, there's an appetite for either equity or debt. And that changes over time and by marketplace. And right now, there tends to be more capital available for equity. Now, there's still a ton of capital on the sidelines, and that will spell opportunity, and we'll cover that before we're done. But there is uh, equity available. So more money is starting to be freed up as we're seeing a longer, stable recovery 
and investors are testing the water. They're putting their toes in and they're saying, hey, this is okay. It's not, you know, falling off the cliff. We, we've been through the election. That's good. We've got past the fiscal cliff. That's good. Nobody's, you know, striking up the band and firing off the fireworks yet, but no one's running for the hills and burying their gold in their backyard either. It tends to look like we're going to have a pretty stable 2013. So there is at least the possibility that we'll see capital available. And of course, lending is a whole different animal. And if Russ were here, I'm sure we'd talk a little more about that. And in a future show this quarter, we'll be talking about the lending landscape. But just know overall, ULI is saying, yeah, there's money out there and uh, you can read more in the report. In fact, let me tell you how to get a copy of this report. The Urban Land Institute is a great resource for information. Uh, many of the reports are available for sale, some only to members, and it's not inexpensive to join if you're a serious real estate investor. Uh, I've been a member many years, and it's a great, great tool. This is a report published in conjunction with PricewaterhouseCooper, and they've done this for more than 30 years. Anyway, if you'll just Google Emerging Trends in Real Estate 2013, you will find a downloadable copy, or you can purchase a copy in print at uli.org, and lots of good stuff there. When we come back, we'll look at what's happening in some specific real estate markets across the U.S. and internationally, and we'll play Real Estate Trivia, a chance for you to win a prize next on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Live nationwide, you're listening to the Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. Here's a real estate trivia question for you. What does Elvis Presley's famous mansion, Graceland, and affordable positive cash flow turnkey real estate investing have in common? Memphis. Memphis, Tennessee is home to both Graceland and Terry Kerr's Mid-South home buyers. Terry specializes in trouble-free turnkey rental properties. Turnkey means Terry finds, fixes, rents, and manages the property. So all you have to do is put it in your portfolio and collect the checks. It's plug and play. That's music to my ears. Call Terry and his team at Mid-South Home Buyers at 888-510-6838, extension 118. Or find them in the resources area of our website at realestateguysradio.com. Come meet Terry Kerr when the Real Estate Guys come to Memphis for an investor field trip, April 26th to 28th. Get all the details at realestateguysradio.com and click on events. If you love real estate and have always wanted to own your own business, listen up. The Real Estate Guys and their panel of experts want to teach you how to go full-time fast in the real estate syndication business. These next few years may go down in history as one of the best times ever to acquire investment real estate. There are deals everywhere if you know where to look and how to assemble the resources. The Secrets of Successful Syndication Seminar will show you how to make big money doing big deals from a team of experts that have syndicated projects totaling more than $1 billion. Don't wait for someone to give you a raise or create a job for you. Attend the secrets of successful syndication and learn how to build a team, raise capital, find deals, and make full-time money in six months or less. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. All the big players use syndication as a way to diversify risk, optimize profits, and earn big money. You can too. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. Hi, this is Lawrence Yuan, Chief Economist with National Association of Realtors, and you are listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Heard every weekend on this great radio station all the time at realestateguysradio.com. Happy New Year. 
We're talking about predictions, precautions, perspectives for the new year. For real estate investors, what do the folks in the know think about the uh, coming year? Before we get back to uh, some of our uh, market predictions, let's play Real Estate Trivia, your chance to win a prize by knowing today's Real Estate Trivia question. It's real simple. When you hear the question and think you know the answer, send us an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com, including your name and your mailing address, so that if you're the winner, we can send you an autographed copy of Equity Happens, Building Lifelong Wealth with Real Estate, our book on real estate investing. The first copy goes to the first person with the right answer. That's usually someone listening on the radio. Then we take all the correct guesses for the week and have a drawing for a second copy of the book. So if you're listening on the podcast, you can still win. All you have to do is have the right answer and then be lucky enough to get your name drawn out of the hat. Before we give you this week's question and the first real estate trivia question of 2013, last week and last year on The Real Estate Guys, we asked this. What actress played the little girl Susan in Miracle on 34th Street? Yeah, 34th Street is the real estate part. The answer, Natalie Wood, who went on to act in lots of things for the rest of her life. Here's our question for this week. Which actual hotel is seen on the cover of the Eagles' best-selling album, Hotel California? My wife and I had the pleasure of seeing the Eagles on December 30th in Las Vegas, and they did a wonderful rendition of uh, that song. But which is the actual hotel you see on the cover of Hotel California? Here's a hint. It still exists today. If you know or just want to take a guess, send us an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com and be sure to include your name and mailing address so that if you win, we can send you the book. It's Equity Happens, Building Lifelong Wealth with Real Estate, autographed by the authors. That is today's real estate trivia question. We're talking about the trends in real estate and what are the predictions for 2013. Lots to talk about. Let's look at some specific market predictions. I had a chance this last week to go over lots of these, and we're going to have to distill it way down, but we'll just pick a few markets. Here's a few of the top 10 real estate trends for 2013 in Orange County, California. Well, they predict prices will rise, sales will rise, and there'll be rent hikes. So across the board, more sales, more prices, and higher rent. At the same time, they'll see foreclosures dropping and furniture sales going up. Yep, people are outfitting their apartments and their homes, so furniture sales going up. Some people choosing to stay put instead of buying new and spend some of that discretionary income on newer, nicer furniture and, and remodeling. Haven't seen that in a while. That comes to us from Jeff Collins at the Orange County Register. Turning over to the Phoenix market, Channel 3 TV in Phoenix has polled some of the experts, and uh, they say, among other things, that foreclosures have almost completely fallen off, and that's forcing prices to climb, and inventory is moving quickly. In fact, a couple of the agents there are seeing folks having to settle for a house they don't really want because it's all that's available after looking for months. And yet prices in the greater Phoenix metro remain more than 40% below their peak levels, so that's signaling a buy signal for a lot of folks. And many of the houses are thirty dollars to $40,000 upside down still, so they're still working through short sales. But many of the realtors are expecting a better year in 2013 than 2012. In New York City, property experts reveal the biggest trends in New York real estate, according to Business Insider. The overview is lenders are tight-fisted, there's shrinking inventory, and buckets of cash. Why condo and co-op prices are up. And one of the well-regarded mortgage brokers in New York says that 2013 will be the biggest year for all cash deals ever in New York City. There's also a drought of starter apartments, and we're seeing prices get up even at the lowest levels. Now, I don't know what the low looks like in New York, but it's probably not very low. Now, speaking of some other specific markets, AOL Real Estate came out with a really interesting article about the healthiest and unhealthiest U.S. markets. So a quick overview there. Uh, under the healthiest U.S. markets, number one, Houston. 
citing job growth, homes for sale are at a decade low, and condos and townhouse sales are up 41.6% from a year earlier. Just behind that, number two healthiest market, San Francisco, California, where rents have surged, as have median home prices, and home inventory is down 40%. San Francisco is the second least affordable market in the U.S. after New York. Now, that might not sound like good news, but that makes it a healthy housing market in terms of stability. Also on the healthy list, lots of Texas cities, San Antonio, Dallas, Fort Worth, and Austin, plus Seattle and Louisville, Kentucky. Now, let's look at the least healthy U.S. real estate markets. Number one, and holding at the top, Detroit, where home prices are up 20% in November from a year earlier, but still dismal. The market lost close to 60% of its value, more in some areas. There are rampant foreclosures. There's a huge backlog of homes, and some are selling for as little as $1. And as we've talked about on previous programs, that still might be too much. Number two, least healthy market in the U.S., Fort Lauderdale. It's the third largest foreclosure inventory in the U.S., and they have a huge oversupply of homes. And also on the unhealthy list, West Palm Beach, Cape Coral, Fort Myers, Tampa, Jacksonville, all those Florida markets, and Chicago. Now let's look at international markets. One of the strong markets appears to be Canada. They'll maintain their relative wealth status with the strong currency and the lack of debilitating government debt that the U.S. has seen. If you don't follow Canada, many of their condo markets have been really strong in the uh, big cities, and uh, that's expected to ease up a bit. And there's some tight office markets in Toronto, Vancouver, and Calgary, which means there's some opportunity for development there. Also, some new U.S. retailers entering the Canadian market, so you retail investors should be watching that. Latin America has had good growth. Some of that will hit some speed bumps, they say, as uh, some of the markets like Costa Rica and Panama slow down a bit. But good opportunity expanding middle-class markets in Brazil, Colombia, Peru, and some of the Mexican markets, although Mexico still has some trouble spots. And several of the Caribbean markets showing some good resiliency in this last year and poised for a good appreciation in 2013. We're seeing building starts up. We're seeing some record sales numbers in places like the Cayman Islands, Belize, and Roatan. Now, Europe is rather mixed. Obviously, what's happened in the financial world has been very difficult in many European countries. But again, a lot of the international brokers are touting the bigger, stable markets, more so than the emerging markets, certainly than the past few years when emerging markets have been the favorite. So again, one of the recurring themes in 2013 is kind of the stability. At the same time, U.S. investors are considering international investments more than ever. Now, this is interesting because of, I guess, the turmoil in the U.S. They're thinking that if I diversify a bit, that could make some sense. That's, of course, an adage we've always had here at the Real Estate Guys, that diversification in terms of geography can make a lot of sense. And as we watch people go through difficult times the last few years, people that had all their eggs in one basket could have been saved or could have been hurt. And that's a bigger topic than we have for today. But certainly 2013 could be a good year to consider offshore real estate investment. Coming up this year on The Real Estate Guys, we'll uh, take a look at some specific international markets, and we've got a couple of great guests coming up who talk specifically about where they see opportunity. I'm super excited about a couple of the guests we have uh, lined up uh, for this year. So I know we just kind of scratched the surface, but that's at least some food for thought on what's happening in markets in the U.S. and beyond. The Real Estate Guys have listeners in more than 160 countries, and so if we didn't get to yours, sorry about that. But the basic idea is to look for the trends and what's happening, and hopefully you're getting a sense of that. When we come back, I'm going to talk about specific opportunities that we see for 2013. 
You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys Radio Network. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. Are you ready to profit in paradise? Hi, it's Robert Helms. And if you think real estate investing means tenants, toilets, and termites, think again. Located just a short plane ride from the U.S., a virtually untouched paradise awaits. The beautiful country of Belize. When you go to Belize with the Real Estate Guys, you'll spend four fabulous days discovering one of the most intriguing real estate markets I've ever seen. With its jungle rainforests, pristine beaches, and 81-degree turquoise water, Belize is one of the most beautiful places on Earth. Plus, it's considered one of the top seven tax havens in the world. And why U.S. real estate continues to drop, Belize property is on the rise, and many experts think the best is yet to come. But don't just take my word for it. Come experience Belize firsthand at our upcoming investor field trip. When you join us, you'll discover the many reasons we love Belize, like tremendously undervalued beachfront land, super low taxes, ease of doing business, and so much more. Get the details at realestateguysradio.com. Just click on events. See paradise for yourself. Click events at realestateguysradio.com, and I'll see you in beautiful Belize. As investors survey the country for markets and properties that will perform well for them over the next five to ten years, one market in particular stands out. That's Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta was the second fastest growing MSA throughout the last decade. It's home to the world's busiest airport and has one of the highest concentrations of Fortune 500 companies in the country. Atlanta is expected to add 100,000 new people every year for the next 10 years, and just next year alone, Atlanta is predicted to add over 50,000 new jobs. Now, what if I told you you could buy fully renovated, leased, and cash-flowing investment properties in this market for half of replacement cost? That's right, three- and four-bedroom homes in good suburban neighborhoods that can be purchased completely renovated for seventy dollars to $90,000. At Georgia Residential Partners, this is exactly what we do. We've been helping investors all over the country make solid real estate purchases in Atlanta for almost seven years. Call us today at 770-924-5450 or check us out online at gainvesting.com. Hi, this is Steve Forbes. You're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Have fun. You'll learn something. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into the show. I'm your host, Robert Helms, and thanks for inviting me into your car or living room or computer or treadmill, wherever you listen to The Real Estate Guys. We certainly appreciate it. Next week, we'll have Russell Gray back with us, maybe even the godfather of real estate. He's been hanging around lately. Be sure to tell a friend about The Real Estate Guys. Hey, in our last segment here, let's talk about where we see some of the opportunities. We just painted a brief picture of kind of what the trends are and the overall picture, which is mortgage money is going to be affordable. Still some deals out there to be had, but prices inching up. Money's starting to ply loose from investors, and people are expecting lower returns than they have in the past. Now, that's a point that creates opportunity. When I got started in real estate development, if we couldn't find a project that could offer a 20% performer return, we didn't have investors interested. They wanted to at least do that well because compared to other things they could invest in for the amount of perceived risk, that's what they wanted to see. Today, when we go out to the marketplace and say, oh yeah, 20% is what we expect to make, they look at us like we're crazy. Today, expected returns are down. As you heard when we interviewed Sam Freshman, it's a different ballpark out there. People are not seeking high yields as much as they're seeking yields and stability. That's another one of the big themes for this year. So what does that translate into opportunity? It's not hog wild, crazy, aggressive behavior that's likely to pay off in 2013. Here's where we see some real opportunity. First of all, what I would call recession resistant rentals. 
Even though a lot of tenants are claiming that they want to be owners, there is still great demand for rental housing. And even though I love apartments and have been in the apartment business a long time, I think it's a great time to be in the single-family rental house business, and that's because of the financing. Yes, if you're a seasoned apartment pro, you can still get financing on two or 300 apartment units, and if you can do that and find a deal, go for it. Most of the stock has been depleted, though, in the major markets, and the big players have bought what they could and, for the most part, are either sitting it out, retooling, going for value-add, or building from the ground up. We're also starting to see apartments being a bit overbuilt. I generally don't care for condos and townhouses as an investor because of the problem with homeowners associations. And the problem isn't the fact that they exist. The problem is they're always underfunded. Across the board, homeowners associations don't have enough money to meet current demand for utilities and repairs and upkeep, as well as the proper reserves for the common area, the maintenance, the roof, the parking lot, and all that. And why is that? Because owners always vote down increases in HOA dues. It's been like that since the beginning of time. It'll probably always be like that, even though your board comes to you and says, we need to raise the dues by $30 a month to make sure we meet our reserves. Do you want to raise the dues? Everyone goes, no, I don't want to raise the dues. And so there are a lot of unhealthy HOAs, homeowners associations, that manage the upkeep and the preservation of the property, the common areas of the property. At the same time, we've seen decimation in some of the condo markets. And when you've got 60, 70, 80% of the owners not paying their dues, that spells real problem. So you see condos out there that are incredibly low priced, be careful. Single family houses that aren't members of associations, however, don't necessarily have that problem. And recession resistant rentals to me are in markets that have strong drivers and diverse industry. I don't want to be in a one horse town. I don't want to be in a one industry town, but I want to be in a market where I see there is upside potential in rent growth, job growth and industries bringing people into the market. What are the markets that are trying their best to attract in new industry, new jobs? I also like markets with lower price points. Right now, it's a time to kind of hunker down in a lot of ways, and lower-priced rentals work for a lot of reasons. Less capital up front. If you want to invest more capital, you can diversify more between properties and marketplaces, and it's a great way to stick your toe in the water. If you're brand new to real estate investing, it's also probably affordable for you. If you listen to our show for any length of time, you know that we like markets that have strong rent-to-purchase ratios, the gross rent multiplier. We're looking at the difference between what a property sells for and what it rents for, and we want that number to be high in terms of the amount of rent, the percentage of rent that you can achieve. And that varies greatly from market to market. And in many of those markets, cash purchases can make sense. Now, I also like low-rate fixed mortgages, so it's not one or the other. It's depending on you, your investment philosophy, how much risk you want to take, how much you want to sleep at night. So, great year for recession-resistant rentals. Number two, value-added opportunities. What's a value-added opportunity? Well, that's kind of real estate lingo for fixing a broken problem. Something's not right. Let's figure out a creative way to fix it. This is a way to revamp and revitalize a piece of property, something that has outlived its usefulness or has functional obsolescence or the use today doesn't match the need in the marketplace. There's great opportunity if you can think through creatively how to revamp a property. Coming up later this month, we're going to talk about tapping into your creativity again. We've got a great guest coming up who I'm not going to even spoil it, but you're going to love the interview. So approaching a problem property and giving it new life, often you'll find local incentives and abatements. You'll be able to get taxes set aside or discounted. You're looking for properties that are underutilized, underperforming, undermarketed sometimes. 
it's lazy landlord syndrome. Someone's just sitting on a property and maybe they own it outright or have a very low monthly loan payment and they just, you know, it performs at 70% occupancy. But the market's stronger than that and they just aren't taking the time to get in there, roll their sleeves up and get the production out of it. There's lots of those opportunities today. So I like value-added opportunities in 2013. Number three, it's the year of the international investor. This is a great time to start exploring other markets that make sense. The U.S. is not a home run market this year. Hasn't been for a few years, but I'll tell you, we've been in some home run markets for the last several years, and they're out there. In any time in history, there are great performing real estate markets, and there are poor performing real estate markets, and they are all over the world, not just all over the country you live in. So you don't start off by just buying something somewhere. You start off through education. Start looking into some other markets, some other regions, places that make sense. Maybe places you have an affinity or know somebody. Maybe you're listening from a country that has great opportunity right now. If you're not, go find the country that is. So I think this is a great year to diversify for lots and lots of reasons. And if we had more time, we'd get into them, but we don't. Uh, number four, I think a huge opportunity, and we've been beating this drum for quite a long time, is the opportunity to aggregate capital, to be a real estate syndicator, to get in the business of putting together deals. People are looking for opportunity. They're scared of a lot of the opportunities that are out there. They're once bitten, twice shy by real estate markets, and they're looking for folks who have experience, expertise, resources, and connections. If that can be you, there is great opportunity in real estate today. It's one of the greatest ways to play in real estate, and there's so much opportunity. Love syndication. And number five, the green trend is here, and it looks like it's going to continue. Just read a study that many office leasing agents are reporting tenants have a strong preference to lead certified buildings, green buildings. New buildings are often less expensive to run, much cleaner, and simpler to maintain, and that's translating to real dollars. Now, when the whole lead certification thing came out many years back, there was some skepticism about it, and there were a lot of developers who said, wait a minute, it's going to cost me $30 more a square foot. I'm not going to get a penny more rent. Why would I do it? And that's a great way to think as a real estate investor. But what time has shown is that in a lot of markets, and this isn't everywhere in every product type, but in a lot of places, people are willing to pay a premium because they want a healthier place to work or live, and it's still kind of cool to be green. So whether you're all about the environment or you just are a opportunistic real estate investor, it's one of the trends that is here to stay and it's going to continue. And I think there's going to be opportunities, certainly on the development side, but also probably for those of us that trade real estate. So anyway, those are kind of where we see some of the opportunities. This year, I will be bringing you lots of great guests and more food for thought as you search out the real estate opportunities in 2013. We wish you a year of health and prosperity and look forward to guiding you along at least every week for an hour right here on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Until next week, Go out and make some equity happen. Happy New Year. This episode of the Real Estate Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Paradigm Life. Powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at beyourbank.com. Mid-South Home Buyers, low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Corporate Direct, asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. Find these and other great companies under the Resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. To learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888-489-7723, extension 4. Or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week 
right here on the Real Estate Guys Radio Show. Are you achieving everything you want in life? What if there was a time-tested way to ensure that 2013 is your best year yet? The most successful people in life set goals and keep themselves accountable. But how? The good news is that it's not rocket science. You, too, can learn the skills and unleash the motivation that will create success in your life. And now is the time. Hi, this is Robert Helms, and I'd like to personally invite you to attend Creating Your Future, the 2013 Goals Retreat, January 11th to 13th in beautiful San Diego, California. This unique weekend event has been called phenomenal, inspirational, and life-changing by the hundreds of people that have attended. Read what they've said and find out more at realestateguysradio.com and click events or call 888-489-7723, extension 18. Get your life back on track physically, spiritually, and financially. Attend the 2013 Goals Retreat on the second weekend of the new year. Click events at realestateguysradio.com. This is no dress rehearsal. Live the life you were meant to. Visit realestateguysradio.com or call 888-489-7723, extension 18, today.